and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, uh, Kyle, so honored, so grateful that you've decided to come have a conversation because what we'll find out is this isn't so much an easy conversation to have, yet you've had the courage to do it. And, and man, I told you, uh, we were texting, I think it was either last night or the night before that, but I just said it. I really think that this is a part of, for something that's really tragic, this is a great way to pull something good, something beautiful, pull some glory out of what is ultimately a tragic situation. So I'm just believing that this is, um, you know, really for the rest of your life, this is a part of your calling and, and what you've walked through, you haven't walked through on accident, but the Lord wants to use it to glorify himself in beautiful ways. So maybe you're in the room, maybe you recognize Kyle, maybe you don't, they've been coming for quite a while now, him and his wife. Uh, uh, but introduce us, I think, to increase the effectiveness of this story. I want people to understand that Kyle Bernie is not a superhero as far as I'm concerned. Nope. You sure don't go not. home and turn into Batman, right? No. You're one of us. No. You're one of us. You know, you're just a, a, another guy who owns a business, who's trying to love his family and, and do the right thing. Yeah. Part of the reason I think that's important to understand, I know I'm preaching here, and I'll let you introduce no, you're yourself good. in a you're second. Good. But I want to introduce it, but myself. But I want today, but yeah, today, I, I, no one can be left with an excuse yeah. to hold on to anything that you've been holding on to. So, Kyle, who who are you? Get us. We, we want to know a little bit about who you are. Well, first off, I am not a preacher. So, he actually corrected me. I got to hold the mic like this this time. That's right. Because I was all, right. I was going Ricky Bobby with it and didn't know what to do with the mic. <laughs> like it was just, it was everywhere. So, glued to my chin this service. I. Right? <laughs> so I'm Kyle. Um, I am co-owner of a deck building company yeah. here in town. Um, cool. Got a small little family. Uh, well, I say small. It's grown quite a bit. Yeah. I got three Mine kids too. now. Mine Pray too. for me. Yeah, um, it's good. But, uh, yeah, so I grew up around the area here. Uh, I went to the, the rival Cardinals, Niangua, but, you know, lived all around Marshfield. So uh, grew up playing baseball, basketball hunting, fishing, the outdoors, all that fun stuff. So uh, actually served in the military. That was the first time I ever flew on a plane was to go to basic training. Wow. So cool. We appreciate your service. Yeah, man. thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, so served there, got medically retired, uh, moved back here. Um, Jessica and I got married whenever I was actually at my first duty station. And then she's uh, not still in the room, is she? No. I wanted to embarrass her if she was. Yeah. So you're gonna stand like up. we did last service. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, so yeah, I uh, we started off our little thing. We said we're oh we're just gonna ease into this kid thing and yeah. and actually uh, kind of where we're going here in a minute. My brother was kind of racing us to have kids. Gotcha. So he's like, yo, I'm gonna have kids first. I'm like, that's a battle you can have. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want any of that right sure. now. So. Um, I know yeah. a little bit about kids just popping up in your life. It's right. like, where did y'all come right. from? So, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I have uh, three kids. Um, my beautiful wife, Jessica, we were high school sweethearts. Uh, got married. We'll be 10 years this May. Um, Good for you. So Good for you. It flies by. It really does. Yeah. But uh, Jace is our oldest. He's six, going on seven or 17, he thinks. Um, mm. Linux is three, and we got little Lila Gray. She was that little pop-up that you're talking about yeah. just lately. Yeah, so, I love it. Uh, but, yeah, she's almost seven months old, so that's kind awesome. of a – we have some pictures up there? Yeah. Forgot to look at it. There's my family right there. 
They're crazy. So that, that picture right there, that one right there. So that was Jace's last birthday party that he had. This is after child labor. They were building decks. <laughs> right, you, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. Out in the uh, rain. <laughs> You're going to learn work ethic, boy. No. no, but so we had his birthday party, and uh, we rented one of those giant inflatable water slides, yeah. and uh, it started pouring down rain. And they're like, oh, if the wind picks up, I hope that whoever let us rent, it's not in here. But <laughs> if the wind picks up and it starts raining, uh, they said, uh, let's tear it down, you know, just drop it. You can leave it staked in. Yeah. And so it started pouring. Yeah. And we just kept going down it. And yeah. Jace cool. was jumping cool. off, screaming, we like, going to get our money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> so, get that money's worth, baby. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a little earlier, uh, you had a brother, your younger brother, Justin. Man, I would just love to hear about your dynamic with him, your relationship with him. Talk to us a little bit about who Justin yeah. is, was to you, and, and that relationship and that bond you have with your little brother. Yeah. So growing up, you know, we always had the typical fights. I mean, little brothers, big brothers, they always fight. Yeah. There's always that pride issue. Big brother always wins. Yeah, big brother always yeah, wins. Yeah. Come on. So, but no, he, uh, <clears throat> he was just, he just wanted to be like me. Tried to do everything I did, uh, which of course, as the older brother annoyed me, because I'm like, bro, go find your own friends. Like, I'm trying to, I get it. I get it. I'm older than you. Like, you're not cool anymore. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, but that wasn't the case, you know, as we grew up and I actually told on myself first service, and I'm probably going to go ahead and say a couple more things too. Um, my parents are over here, mom and dad, stand up, Come wave. On. Um, so yeah, the story that I shared first service about me and my brother growing up, back. I think she just, came yeah, she just stepped it. in right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, this, one of the stories I shared first service was, uh, you know, we always played baseball in the house and, uh. We got ourselves in trouble quite a bit with that. But one particular baseball time, I think all of our little softballs, like the like Nerf balls, were no longer in the house. And so we decided to make a baseball out of Play-Doh. And like a we're a little bit older at this time. I think I might be... If know, I 10, made a 13. baseball out of Play-Doh, my kids would eat it. Facts. Yeah. Mine too. Big facts. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so... We're in the living room at the little trailer that we're living in at the time, and uh, and I wind up and throw him, you know, the old pitch, and he swings and he misses, and it goes through the window. So it's really his fault. It's for it's not, not my fault. It's Justin because he didn't hit it, you know. Mom and Dad, you guys remember this? <laughs> you do. So of course, we just we just pull the curtain shut. Like, no, this didn't happen. You're like, it feels a little drafty in here. <laughs> and so. Uh, yeah, dad comes home and uh, is like, what's this? I'm like, what's what? What are you, where, where, what are we talking about? Yeah. He's like, the window's broken. <laughs> and then I, you know, scapegoat Justin. I was like, yo, he should have hit it. Yeah. Right. If he would have hit it, we would not right. be in this predicament. Yep. And then I'm true. sharing another one because they weren't here first one. Uh, we were playing some video games. Do they know this or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> We were playing some video games, yeah. and Justin may or may not have lost to me. Okay. And uh, he's a big dude. He's like 6'12", six, six 380 yeah. pounds, yeah. like a huge guy. Yeah. Super gentle, though. Big giant. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But uh, so we're playing video games, and he loses because okay. he's a little brother. Little right. brother's always. Right. Yep. And he gets mad, so he throws the controller down, jumps up, and flops on my waterbed. <laughs> yeah. I had a water bed. What's up? Yep. Yep. With and fish it in exploded. It. Oh, man. Dad 
had some choice words that you can't say in church for him that day. That's right. And, uh, well, long story short, we both had water beds, and his water bed became mine. There so you go. I love he it. He was no longer allowed to have the water Lord bed. Lord provides. <laughs> right? Come on. So, yeah, that was another little story. But then getting, you know, as we grew a little older, uh, the nitpicking and arguing and fighting yeah. got less and less. I and found that with my siblings, too. You know, I was like, yeah. I, you know, my sisters were always pretty mean to me. And then I turned 13, and it was like we just really didn't fight that much anymore. Right. And we became, you know, a lot more closer friends and right you feel like you experienced that with yeah. them as you guys got older mm-hmm. you really you develop you develop a friendship and all of a sudden right. when you're going through something you got to relate relationship problems or your friends are you know they're not talking to you or whatever it is all of a sudden that becomes the person you confide in. Right. You, right. you feel like your relationship started to kind of take mm-hmm. that turn yep, yeah and it did and you know growing up getting through high school and then as we got into early adulthood um he would text or call me often and just be like hey i got this going on or you know yeah. got that going on what do you think and same thing, I mean, he's a police officer, so I was like, yo, so if I'm driving back home from Clarksville and, like, I'm doing, like, 80 in a 75, like, what's the likelihood of a cop pulling me over on the interstate? And he's like, yeah. probably not very good. Yeah. So. That's wisdom. You know, I, wisdom. Yes. <laughs> so, Thank you, older brother. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's a little bit about us growing up. Uh, we had a pretty good relationship. Yeah. So. You know, I am a bit jealous because, as I've mentioned many times before, I grew up with a stay-at-home mom and three sisters. Uh, even now, man, I got, you know, three daughters, a wife. It's just like, I could have used, you know, it was just me and my dad, dad, we, but we made it through it. Enough testosterone for the family. Yeah. But I, I you know, I, I envy that, that you had that brother. Cause that is a, you know, those who have brothers in the room, you know, that's a special bond that the Lord allows you to experience. And it really is a gift, you yeah. know, to have a brother and a sibling. Um, but this is part of the reason I wanted to bring you in here today and, and have you share this story. Unbeknownst to you, unbeknownst to the whole family, on September 10th, your brother Justin, who you love so much, you know, unbeknownst to you and, and to anyone, yeah. uh, everything was going to change. Right. Everything was going to mm-hmm. change. And uh, so why don't you bring us back if, you know, you'd be so courageous to do so and share with us what, what happened on that day? Yeah. So I remember that day. I think it was a Thursday. Um, not sure why I was off work early, but... We were off work early, Paul, for some reason. And uh, we were getting our hairs cut. Jessica said, hey, I got the boys scheduled. Do you want to get in there? I said, sure. So we went up there, and I remember on the way to the salon, um, hearing a bunch of sirens and seeing cops fly down the spur there. And I was just like, huh, I wonder, you know, what's going on with that? And then I actually got on Facebook while one of the kids was getting their hair cut and uh, saw that there was – an accident on 44, didn't see anything about it other than, hey, avoid 44. They have both lanes of the highway shut gotcha. down. So um, I was like, man, I remember talking with Paul um, not long before that about how much it cost to have one side of the highway shut down, let alone both. Um, so I was like, so it must they be pretty have both bad. sides of the highway shut down, this is probably pretty serious. Right, yeah. got to be serious. So um, I was like, okay, well, that sucks. Uh, but then not long after that, um, my mom called me just completely frantic, um, did not understand a word she was saying. And so I stepped outside and said, hey, calm down. What's going on? Talk to me. And she finally calmed down just enough to be able to utter enough information out for me to understand that Justin was in the crash and that um, 
wasn't good. They said he was critical. Uh, him and Maddie both, and he yeah. had both of his kids in there. The car. So, he, so. so Justin's a police officer, but it, at the time of this event, he wasn't on duty. Correct. He's actually in the off duty, just returning his kids to mom. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He got off early that day because he had to go actually um, get some stuff lined up for the wedding okay. uh, that he had one day, one month to the day yeah. of when this crash happened. So, so he's literally engaged. They're about to get married in a month. Right. Okay. Right. So, uh, so I've, as soon as I got off the phone with mom, I call uh, a buddy of mine that's a cop that's also a buddy of Justin's, obviously. And he confirms that, yeah, he's like, hey, I'm standing here on the side of the road. Justin just got loaded up. Um, everything, you know, he, he seems all right. He was awake. Uh, he just has a really, really bad broken leg. And, but was conscious, was telling first responders to take care of his kids. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, being in the military, that's good news. Like, I have no reason to worry. I'm going to finish getting my hair cut here, take my family back home, and then I'll head up to the hospital. Um, so... You know, fast forward, I take them home, hop in my truck, get ahead up to Springfield, and I'm praying the whole time. And then just, um, I think I'm like about to the Northview Stratford area, and I just start feeling these weird, uneasy feelings. And uh, then everybody had, has had the voice in their head before, like it's their own voice. Yeah. Like any thought you have, it's your voice. Well, I had that going on, but then a voice popped into my head that wasn't my own voice and it just said your brother's gonna be gone like you're gonna have to step up and so at that point i just you know continued praying and then not not even five minutes later dad texted me and said hey where are you at and i just pick up the phone and call him and then he says yeah your, bro your brother's not made it he passed away he's, he's dead mm -hmm. and uh which i already knew that um because that's the voice in my head told me that and uh but it's, it just kind of, it punches you whenever you actually hear it. So, um, on the way up there, um, so I remember Kyle, getting I, to the I hospital. Can I ask you this? Yeah. <clears throat> we know there was a crash, but you know, what, what exactly happened? Was it, did they run into something where they like, give us the story of. Yeah. So I'm not going to share a whole lot on it just because we're still in a legal battle yeah, with it. Sure. But, um, the basically there was something in this other gentleman's system that's illegal, but proving that is going to be hard to do. Mm. Um, so having said that, he Maybe blacked we can out. Make assumptions. Yeah, he blacked out and came through the median and went head on to my brother. Both of them doing, you know, seventy miles an hour on the interstate, just head head first into it. So. Um, the gentleman didn't the show, the yeah, he's got yeah. both of his kids in the car and, uh, we never got, you know, from the time everything happened, we never got a, a phone call, a message, nothing from the gentleman saying, Hey, you know, any remorse. I don't you know, nothing, no contact, no information, nothing from him. So, um, that's kind of what happened with yeah. the, with the crash yeah. there. So, so we know who it is. Yep. We know who we it know is. We know some of the context of the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So here's this guy who, you know, again, I, I don't want to say too much, but we can maybe assume being irresponsible uh, right. has affected you in, in a major way. So I think that's important as we continue in this conversation to know we know who this person is and then um, we know about the consequences of some of his poor choices. Right. So. 
continue with our story, you know, you're on, you're on your way to the hospital. And I, I remember this, you know, I remember this day specifically and, and it's, you know, this is this story in a lot of ways is a part of our church too, because right. of who you guys are to us and, and how we've been with you through the story. Right. Um, you guys have started coming to the church, I think maybe three weeks before this happened. Probably right at that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, you talked last service about how there was a, um, the church you were currently going to was shut down and you just came here, right. you know, kind of as a, you a, rebound, go, as a rebound. Yeah. You were using us. He was using us. So you're like, they got kids care. That's good enough for me. Let's take them. Back. Right. Um, but little did you know, you know, that uh, just a couple of weeks you were going to need a community to right. surround you, you know, and I, I, Abigail and I, that day we were driving to a Republic campus, I believe. I think that's what we were doing. And I get a call from Michelle Springmeyer and she says, Hey, there's been an accident. This family's been in our church. If you can get to the hospital, get there. So we, you know, change our plans. We show up to the hospital and I remember going and I'm like, I hope I can find this guy. Cause I don't even know what he looks like, you right. know? And uh, so we, we show up and, and you guys are there and, and we all get connected. And this is just really cool. It's, it's really unrelated to the story, but I'm, I'm grateful for this instance. Uh, it was during COVID. It was 2020. And so the hospital shut down. So like here you have your niece and your nephew. You can't even go see them. Right. You, you can't even go talk to them. Or, and Maddie got affected a lot more than Anderson did. And uh, she was in, like you said, critical condition. And I think just because I had that pastor title, they weren't letting anybody else. They, I don't think they let your parents back. Uh, they didn't right. let yeah, you. Yeah, we were in they? a little room waiting to go and visit. Right. And, see and I Justin, think that's so. where Abigail had to stay. But yep. because I was pastor, they let me go. And I'm walking around the hospital, no holds bars. No one's even asking me what I'm doing back there. And I got to go into Maddie's room. She's under a blanket. She's still, there's still blood on her. She's in a neck brace. And I'm able to physically lay hands on her and yeah. pray for her. Then go into Anderson's room and just engage with Anderson and just, you know, just try to cheer him up. And it was like, I don't know, it's those moments where it's like, man, this is why we do, this is why we do what we do. And right. it just, it was that moment that I think just continued to connect us and solidify that right. relationship that mm -hmm. we would have. But yeah, I just thought that was wild. And I was grateful for right. that experience that yeah. I was someone who got to be that involved with right. such a tragic situation. Yeah. And we, I mean, yeah. like you said, we're here very, very, very new to the church, yeah. maybe three weeks. And yeah. I just remember coming to church the next Sunday and just everybody in here just praying over us. Yeah. Just, it was insane. So, yeah. uh, just felt so welcoming, so warm. Yeah. Uh, just felt like we finally found our church home that somebody's actually going to, you know, step up and be the church, not just be a building. Yeah. So it's good. So here you are, man. You have this guy who, you know, poor choices has affected your family, caused unimaginable pain, you know, unimaginable hurt. Um, if, if there's someone who is justified to harbor unforgiveness and bitterness towards another human being, it's you. It's your family, you know. And here I remember it was maybe... Uh, I don't know how long it was after the incident, but you called me and, and some of the mm -hmm. legal stuff was going on and you're just like, hey man, just be praying, just keep me updated. But I specifically remember you saying, I don't know if I'll be able to talk to him or not, but I forgive him. I forgive yeah. him. And so to me, uh, 
this is part of the power that's in this testimony because there's people sitting in here and, you know, maybe you've had a spouse that's wounded you or a sibling or a friend or a company or I don't know. We, there's millions of reasons why we can harbor unforgiveness and bitterness. And you may feel justified to do so in the same way you were justified to do so. Yeah. But us remembering, you know, and I don't want to jump ahead because I want you to talk about this. But as believers, we know that we've received forgiveness when we did not earn, when we did not earn it, when we did not deserve it. Uh, yet we've received that in Jesus. So we know as Jesus followers, as he's our king, he's our Lord, submitted to his lordship, we are also called to give that same forgiveness and same grace. And that's a cute phrase right. until you have someone kill one of your family members right. and almost kill one of your nieces and your, and your nephew. So, you know, I, I just, I, I want to ask you uh, this question. How? How, how did you find it within yourself to forgive someone that's wounded your family so badly? Right. So I'm just going to start off. It's, it's a process. Forgiveness doesn't just happen overnight. Um, actually, it's something that I've experienced for quite a while in my lifetime of being able to basically exercise that forgiveness muscle yeah. and just work it. And yeah. um, the big thing, too, is having wise counsel in your life. Like, you yeah. can't do it alone. Um, and so, obviously, forgiveness is biblical, um, so it's something that we're called to do as believers. And the big thing for me is it's just I didn't want to hold on to that. I needed to release that. That way it wasn't something that I had to carry or something that was going to have a foothold on my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if you look, like he, he called, I think he called me on Wednesday, right? Yeah. Wednesday, and he's like, hey, can you maybe do this. And I'm, as soon as he started talking, I'm like, yeah, I'm all in, but I got like really quick to prepare. Like yeah. <laughs> I got a few days. So I started looking up some verses and uh, I mean, you Google verse Bible forgiveness. It's like 67,000 results. Yeah. So a lot of scripture there, a lot to choose maybe from. We're supposed to forgive people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of important. It's what we do as believers, but I got a bunch of verses that just kind of looked over and, um, the ones that really stuck with me, um, I'll get to here in just a second. But um, the main thing is, is I just didn't want anything to eat at me. And I've had some struggles in my past with some military experience that um, you don't really realize that you have that much of a foothold on you until you start talking about it a little bit more. And then that's when you can start releasing it. And uh, yeah, so I, think I knew I think instantly. I, I think it's wisdom in what you received is wisdom, but it's wisdom to understand that my unforgiveness is unproductive. Right. You know, where it's maybe we think that we're getting back at the person or whatever it might be, but we, we can hold on that unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. But who does it affect most? Right. Not the other, not, not no. the, you know, un unforgiven person. Right. And yeah. I mean, in some cases, a person that you have this unforgiveness for doesn't even know that you have a problem with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Luke six thirty seven stood out to me. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Um, another verse that I liked, um, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the message translation, any Bible verse that you like, look it up in the message and you probably will end up liking it a little bit more. Like, it's just good. It is. It's great. So here it is. Psalm 32, one, count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Your slate's been wiped clean. And I don't know about anybody else in here, but I need a fresh start every morning. Yeah. And I need 
my slate wiped clean by the time I get home. I take yeah. work problems home, um, anger, bitterness, resentment, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And that's just, I'm a normal person just like everybody else. And um, I'm not a superhero. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and then in the end, um, forgiveness is a believer. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So that's the obedient to God is, is what we're called to be. And so Mark preached a little bit on the Sabbath not long ago. And um, I mean, it's just, it's one of the same things. Like it's one of those, we want to just throw to the side, like, Oh, that's not for me. I can't do that because of this, you know, fill, fill in your blank, your story, whatever it is. Like it's yeah. just, we got to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. You know, I think there is, Jesus talks about, you know, before you try to wipe the speck out of your brother's eye, get the plank out of your own eye. You know, so in this case around forgiveness, I think you've done that. I think you've removed that plank from your eye and uh, you have forgiven. And I can preach here every week until I'm blue in the face and exhort the church like, you need to forgive and forgiveness is important and we've been forgiven, so we need to forgive. And we've received that in Jesus. And, you know, but I think there is an authority that comes from walking through what you've walked through and it's like the proof's in the pudding you're right. it's not just you're not just telling people you've actually found it within yourself through the power of the holy spirit to actually forgive one of the most difficult circumstances that exists related to that topic of forgiveness right. yeah and so i i think there's an authority that comes from that so for you I want to give you a moment to sort of exhort the church to have a conversation with the church. Like, because there's a good chance that in a room full of people, some of us are harboring some unforgiveness, right? And and we see what the scriptures say about when we choose not to forgive other people. Right. So for you, my question for you, and really to answer for the entire church, is to someone in the room holding on to unforgiveness... What do you say to that person? What do you say to that person? Just release it. Just give it up. Do it. Um, yeah. What's helped me out is, like, everybody has their story. Everybody has their own story. Um, so does the guy that killed my brother. Mm. Like, I am, I'm a terrible person. I've had ups and downs in my life. Mm. Uh, I sin daily. Uh, so does this other guy. Um, but God loves him just as much as he loves me. Yeah. He loves Mark just as much as he loves the guy that killed my brother. So yeah. uh, for me to hold that against him, that's just one low point in his life where ours is crossed. And uh, that it's, in my opinion, it is unfair for me to judge him on one case of his lowest low. Yeah. Um, that's not my right. That's, that's Jesus and God take care of that. So um, let me move down here. So one of the quotes, and I'm stealing from your notes, Ryan from a couple weeks ago is unforgiveness is like a poison. You drink it and you just wait for the other person to die. Yeah. It does, does nothing for you at all. Um, just, I just have some practical steps for you to roll through. Um, but first I'm going to touch on Hebrews 12, 15 um, it says, look after each other so that none of you fail to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up in you, corrupting many. So what forgiveness looks like practically for me, um, and maybe it might look different for you, but at least follow some of these steps, uh, is to say it out loud. There's, there's power in hearing you say it and declare it. Um, pray about it. Pray about it often. Dive into prayer. 
We're looking for God to soften our hearts, to yeah. change our perspective and our mindset on it. I, I love these practical points, and I, and I don't see that you listed scripture here, but as you're talking, I yeah. have scripture that's bubbling up in yeah. my heart Jump to, in. to support them. So I, I love that you've put together some practical things because we know there's life and death in the tongue. So to bring that forgiveness to life in our heart, I, I agree with you to speak it out loud. Something in this, I think something in the spirit happens when we give, when we give it words, you right. know? Right. And, and then your other thing was to pray about it. And literally the scriptures tell us, cast all your cares on me. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So I, I love that. Keep yeah. going. And yeah. if I yeah. and if I can think of any more. <laughs> no, <of this. laughs> please jump in, jump in. You're the yeah. pastor. I'm yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> We're tag right. team this thing. So then and share your story with a trusted believer. Um, somebody that's going to walk through it with you. Yeah. Uh, we are not meant to go it alone. Yeah. And this is scripture. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So don't go it alone. That is one of the worst things you can do. That's how you become depressed and have to battle demons on top of unforgiveness. Um, so, and then another step, if you have the opportunity to, is to tell the individual that's wronged you that you've forgiven them. So, cause you can tell it to yourself, but if you don't truly believe that, then you're just hiding it. Whereas if you go and you tell the person, now it's out there. They know that you forgive them. So now our actions have to you know, speak louder than our words. So, and then lastly is to continue prayer and seek counsel that some days are easier than others. Um, don't let floods of emotions or reoccurring thoughts creep in and then set you back to square one. Um, a wise counselor in my life once said that it's better to be proactive than reactive. Yeah. So let's stay ahead of the game and not like try to fight something where we can have the, the ability to eradicate it today. Yeah, so yeah. I love it. You know, we, we had this chat for service, obviously. Uh, this question isn't in your notes, but what was people's response like after us having this conversation? And what, were, what did some of those conversations look like for you last service? Yeah, so I had a lot of people come up to me um, and just one, thank me for being brave enough to come up here. Um, and then two, Every single one of them just said that there's something going on in their life that this is kind of just touched, whether it be uh, one thing that brought up too was was grieving process that you brought up. So um, the grieving process, you know, can go through all this as well. So uh, that's what a lot of people just came up and were just thankful for me to come up here and share. So come on, we're thankful too. Yeah. Amen. And then... Um, through this process, you're going to go through all the steps several times, sometimes more than you want. Um, but John 16:33, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So as believers, we have to encourage and support each other. Right. And I think that if you have anything going on in your life, any grievance, any sorrow, depression, anything at all, there's no better church to share that with than Destiny Church. It's good. Um, you guys have helped us through a lot, and uh, I don't think that we would have, I don't think I'd be the same person I am today had I not had Destiny support me. Yeah. Wow. So. Awesome. This 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 church is more than a building. This, this church here is a community that will sit, literally pray with you be on the way to probably go to a very important meeting with Chad and break over to just somebody you don't even know. Yeah. So yeah. this church loves you. 
from the first day you walk in or whether you've been here for the entire launch, like you are the same to them. Yes, yeah. I'll give you your $5 after. <laughs> I thought we agreed on 10. <laughs> you know what I didn't realize until uh, after first service is, is I think there's an anointing on this message to minister to those who are walking through grief right now. And I, and you know, this was supposed to be about forgiveness and, and it is an encouragement and an exhortation to forgive without excuse, uh, e even when you feel justified to withhold it. But I really believe that there's, the Lord wants to comfort some people who are walking through a grieving season right now. And so I want to pray in our altars about that. And I want some of our leadership to stay up here. And maybe if you've gotten victory through grief, you can come up and pray. And, but I wanted to read this scripture, man, just as a reminder. And you said, it, you know, take heart because I've overcome the world. This reminder that Christ has gone before us, that he's with us, that he cares for us. He's our creator. He knows us more intimately than anybody else and still chooses to love us. And I just wanted to kind of close this out reading this verse. It's in Matthew 6. Such a good reminder from Jesus. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father. He feeds them. Uh, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory, not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why, why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father, he already knows your needs. So it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.